We're starting today with developments and follow up on the situation in Gaza and Israel. And this is going to be a little bit of a different segment. I hope you'll bear with me and let's go through. And uh, th there's some structure to this, but there's a lot of things that are just sort of on my mind that we're going to talk about. So let me first just contextualize what we on the show have kind of been experiencing with the audience over the last week. Last week, I told you that there were a number of people I believe to be a relatively small portion of my audience, but certainly very loud, who are really angry with me, who feel that I am getting it wrong on the Hamas terrorist attack, that I am missing context, that I am just a reflexive defender of Benjamin Netanyahu because I'm Jewish, which of course I'm not a defender at all of Netanyahu. I'm actually a critic and I've been a critic of Netanyahu for as long as I've been doing this show. And some people, probably now about two dozen people, canceled their paid memberships to the show. And I mentioned this last week and I said, listen, to me, I hold the views I hold because I'm a leftist, because I'm a progressive. I made every effort to explain that. And some people just don't accept it. And either because they feel that I either I don't know, I guess, deserve to have funding taken away because of my opinion or because they can't support a show with which they don't agree 100 percent or for whatever reason. And it is their right. A couple dozen people have actually canceled their memberships to the show. And that's sad to see. At the same time, I am flattered and humbled that we had record new members come in after I explained what was going on. Uh, over 400 new paid members signed up over the weekend. It's genuinely flattering. I, I just I I'm completely humbled and it is really a pleasure to see that there are people who, based on the signups and based on the emails I've gotten, kind of seem to understand what it is that my perspective is and value it to some degree. I want to look at a few of the emails that I received. Here is one from Teddy who said, I'm a new member because of your uncompromising honesty about Israel, Palestine. David, I've always been fairly liberal, but I mostly listen to conservative media. First heard you on the PBD show. I'm not a fan of PBD, but I like listening to people I disagree with. Your show is the first political show I've ever paid any money to. Uh, and it's because I respect principled viewpoints. Your view on this issue is hard for many on the left to accept. Keep up the good work. Damien wrote in saying shocked by these confused progressives. David, I'm just shocked by people emailing you claiming to be progressive and defending the abhorrent Hamas terrorist attack. I expect this brain rot on the right, but not the left. I increase my membership to counter people canceling support. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer wrote in David, the progressives that have renounced their membership aren't progressives. There's nothing progressive about their hard and fast rules. You know what isn't progressive? Being openly understanding and empathetic to raping, burning and decapitating by terrorists. So maybe there is one hard and fast rule of progressivism. Thanks for all you do. I'm not going anywhere. We then got another email from Stuart in Australia, David and team. I just watched your mo most recent show, which indicated a few people canceled subscriptions. I appreciate your balanced coverage. Uh, so I thought I'd get another membership. Keep up the good work. Uh, Liza wrote in, says new member here. David, I've been a fan of your YouTube channel for many years. I always told myself I couldn't afford to donate to my favorite content creators, but I saw your video about the negative responses over your Hamas criticism. They're a terrorist group who've committed atrocious acts. Of course, there's context. I can't imagine defending them. It's repugnant. I'm glad to support you now. Please keep doing your good work. And lastly, Pete said, David, thank you for your coverage of the terrorist attacks in Israel. I just signed up as a paying member. Huge fan. Grateful for your voice. 
I will gladly reach out and get you more members from my network. So listen, everybody who canceled, absolutely fine. Everybody who signed up, I appreciate it. But I want to now take the time to mention a few things that I think are important. I hope that at least on these things, we will all be in agreement. First of all, a bunch of people wrote in saying, David, you are simply biased because you're Jewish, not religiously. I'm culturally Jewish, ethnically Jewish. And so I saw dozens of comments and got a handful of emails from people saying they like me well enough. But on this issue, I can't be trusted because I'm Jewish and therefore biased. This is a really scary right wing argument that the right has used for decades to dismiss the opinions of people they don't want to listen to. It's a bad argument, and I'll tell you why. In whatever way I am biased for being Jewish, you would have to argue, you would have to argue any Palestinian is also biased for being Palestinian. And what that gets us to is so I guess you can't be Jewish or Palestinian to be able to comment without bias. So therefore, who is it that we're listening to? The right wingers used to say this about LGBT rights. They would go, of course, the gays want all sorts of stuff. They're biased because they're gay. We can't listen to them. And we all on the left said that's crazy. During the Iraq war, the warmongers would sometimes say, if you haven't served, you don't get to have an opinion about whether we should invade Iraq or not because you're biased against the military by default. And we said that's a bad argument. So this idea by by definition, definitionally, this is an identity politics disaster. I'm culturally Jewish, so therefore I can't possibly say anything of value here. You've got to apply that as well to Palestinians. And of course, it's crazy because everyone with an opinion is biased. When people say, David, you're biased. This is an opinion show. That's right. Anybody giving an opinion is biased. You're simply saying you don't like my opinion. You don't like that. My bias is different than your bias. You're saying I don't want to listen or support you because on this issue, you've come to a different conclusion. Now, the truth is it should be OK not to agree with everybody all the time. There's many people in the audience who disagree with me on GMO. I've looked at the science on GMO foods. There doesn't seem to be any health concern with eating GMO foods, pesticides. Sure. But there doesn't. And some people in the audience disagree. All right. Um, many of the people in my audience who oppose looking at nuclear power as a bridge to renewables are basing their opinion on the safety of nuclear power on 50 year old technology. I have a different view because if we did new nuclear, it would be based on new and different technology. Maybe we disagree. It's OK to disagree. So the concern to me is people who just want me to have the same opinion they have and only support in that case. That's totally fine. If you look for shows where you agree with the host on every issue, I don't find that super compelling. It's just some people have different opinions. Now, let's get to context. There are folks who have recently said, David, you have not given context in talking about this terrorist attack. You haven't talked about Israeli settlements or Benjamin Netanyahu or whatever else the case may be. It is true that not every time I talk about this issue, I give my opinion about every element. If people want me to, I can include that stuff every time I talk about this issue. I have been unanimously against the Netanyahu administration for as long as it has existed. I believe Netanyahu benefits from not having peace. There will likely never be real peace 
under Netanyahu. There also will never be peace under Hamas. And then when I say that, people go, oh, but you shouldn't even talk about the Hamas part because the problem is only is well. But now I mentioned Netanyahu and that I'm against him and you're still not happy. Uh, settlements. I'm against settlement policy in Israel. I was against shutting off electricity and water to Gazans who are mostly innocent. I can say this stuff every time. But what I find is when I give context, people don't like the context or find it insufficient. I could also argue that there are people to write writing to me who are also not considering context. I've had conversations with them where I go, you know, the worst time to get a good deal is when you're losing a war. And at this point, it can't be said that Hamas is winning this thing for Palestinians. And if you go back to the 1947 partition plan, it was a 50 50 divide of the land, which at this point would be a fantastic deal, I believe, for Palestinians. They rejected it in 47 because they believed Israel should not exist and should have zero land. And then you talk about the 2000 Camp David summit and you talk about Bill Clinton's attempted negotiation and the rejection, rejection of all of these deals. That's part of the context as well. Then I but David, you won't say that in 67 and 73 Israel stole more land. Well, that's missing context. Israel was attacked by Egypt and Syria in 67. And so they defended and were able to claim land in war as happens. Does that mean I love it? No. But to say that on a whim in 67, Israel said, let's take some land isn't what happened in 1973. Israel was attacked by Egypt and Syria and Israel defended itself and made gains. So whenever people say there's missing context, you're also missing context that's relevant to understanding the history. And so at the end of the day, there's a movement from the left that I think is misguided, which is to say this is super simple. This is a simple issue. And when people try to interject nuance and say you really have to understand 47, 48 and 67 and 73 and the negotiations under no, you're trying to defend Israel by by making it seem complicated when really it's simple. Israel's bad, period. That is not the nuanced sort of thinking that I encourage. And if you don't like that, then this probably isn't the show for you. There are shows which just will tell you Israel's uniquely bad, period. And that's it. Um, as far as the happenings over the last few days, uh, the water water was shut off. I was against that. It's back on. Thanks to Joe Biden reminds us of the importance of who we elect president. Do you believe that Trump would have pressured Israel to turn the Gazan water back on? No. Reminds us of the importance of who we elect here. Uh, there was this 24 hour warning given to Gazans to leave. Of course, leave to go where they can go south. But obviously, Egypt doesn't want them crossing the border either. So it was pretty wild situation. However, the 24 hours went by uh, as of this moment. There has not been this massive ground assault, which is good because I would be against that. Um, but hundreds of thousands of Palestinians did move south, even though Hamas completely disregarding their safety said simply stay. And then very last thing for the dozen or so people who emailed last night, Sunday night and said, David, why haven't you talked about this thing that happened Saturday or this thing that happened Sunday? Again, I'm not avoiding this topic. We don't do shows on weekends. We're a Monday to Friday show so we can cool it with the you didn't talk about this thing from Saturday. 
So therefore, it's because you're trying to obfuscate or hide it. So that's where we are right now. I am flattered to clearly have most of the audience with me. I'm humbled by 400 people who said canceling David over this. That makes no sense. So I really appreciate that. All right. As a reminder of how useless the failed former president would be today if he were president in the context of the Hamas Israel situation, Trump seemingly forgetting who is president of the United States and blaming the Hamas terror attack on the Stalin election. Again, misspelling this in another one of these truth social tirades. Let's look at it piece by piece. This weekend was not exactly a cognitive beauty for the failed former president. Trump starting with the following all capital letters declaration on truth social truth central quote. The attack on Israel would never have happened. Zero chance if the election of 2020 was not rigged and Stalin. It shows the world how important elections are. Iran was broke and talking. Now they are rich and watching, waiting to make their move. And it will be a big one. How could crooked Joe Biden, the worst and most incompetent president in the history of the United States, allow this to happen? We went from the Abraham Accords and peace to unprecedented death and destruction. Nevertheless, this big and very dangerous problem is solvable. Make America great again. Now, remember, there is zero evidence looking at the history of attacks by Hamas that they are deciding whether or not to attack based on who is president of the United States. But let's go a level deeper. Trump if we're really charitable with Trump and pretend that he's actually saying something coherent, which I don't think he is, but let's imagine that he is. Trump may be saying it's not because of Biden or Trump being president that Hamas attacks. Hamas attacked based on the perceived strength of Iran and Iran is now stronger thanks to Joe Biden. Of course, the reality, as we will explore in the next uh, segment, is that Trump if Iran is stronger, Iran is stronger because Trump bailed on the Iran nuclear deal, even though Iran was adhering to it, which opened the door for Iran to start doing nuclear research and emboldened Iran once again. Why would Iran comply with anything if Trump simply bails on the deal? So riddled with lies, riddled with lies. And then here is sort of a bonus. Donald Trump apparently severely unwell again forgot who was president over the weekend when attacking Joe Biden for his role or what Trump perceives to be his role in this entire Middle Eastern fiasco. And Brian Kilmeade had to correct Trump and remind Trump that it's Joe Biden who's president of the United States, not Barack Obama. Listen to this. Right. It's all coming through Iran and Obama wants to he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention he doesn't even mention them in his statements. It's all coming through Iran. But you mean President Biden. So, yeah, you mean President Biden. Again, if Joe Biden forgot who was president this regularly, Trump has now claimed that he ran against Barack Obama. Trump has now claimed that Barack Obama's president in making decisions. And the really whacked out thing about all of this is that that conspiracy contingent of Trump's base who believes Barack Obama is still secretly the president when Trump has a cognitive error like this. 
they see it as a signal that Trump is telling them Obama really is still the president. Trump just doesn't know what he's talking about. Trump's brain is gone. But the conspiracy theorists go, see, Obama is really in charge. That was Trump signaling it to us. As you can probably guess, not the best source of rational, insane information on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is Donald Trump. After the break, we're going to talk about Jared Kushner's appearance with Lex Friedman, which, while far more articulate, was equally riddled with lies. That's coming up next. Stay with me. People in my audience trying to quit smoking or vaping. This is for you. You can't vapor smoke inside. You're tired of people seeing you put those little pouches in your lip. There is a nicotine alternative that people won't notice to help you quit. Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Our sponsor Zipix makes the only nicotine toothpick on the planet that is FDA registered. You can use it anywhere, work, restaurants, airplanes, sporting events after a meal. The toothpicks stay in a convenient little tube that goes in your pocket or on your keychain. It's way more convenient than carrying around a huge can of pouches all day or a whole bunch of gum or whatever the case may be. Zipix nicotine toothpicks come in flavors like peppermint watermelon, sweet wood, cinnamon, whiskey. If you're not a nicotine user, try out their B12 toothpicks with caffeine instead, a quick and easy alternative to coffee. Do your lungs a favor, cut the cigarette smoke, cut the vape juice. Quitting has never been easier with Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Go to zipix.com, get 10% off with the code PACMAN10 at checkout. That's Z I P P I X dot com. Use code Pacman one zero for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. One of our sponsors today is Deal Dash. Deal Dash is an auction website. It's been around 14 years. You might have seen their ads on TV. Deal Dash only auctions brand new items. You can get incredible deals. A Nintendo Switch sold for $22 recently. Deal Dash auctions anything from iPads to clothing, autograph memorabilia, you name it. And here's how it works you buy bids up front, for example, 30 bucks for 400 bids. Every auction starts at zero dollars. There's no minimum. And each bid increases the price by a penny. If no one bids only 10 seconds after you bid, you win the auction. I found an awesome chair on Deal Dash that's going to look great in my office. I'm bidding on it right now. It's sort of fun. If you don't win the item, you can use the buy it now feature to buy the item at the listed price and you get your bids back. And you have a 90 day money back guarantee on your first bid pack purchase. So try it out. Use my promo code Pacman for 100 free bids with your first bid pack purchase or go to deal dash dot com slash Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. 
Many of you wrote to me over the weekend saying, hey, David, did you see Jared Kushner's interview with podcaster Lex Friedman? I don't like Kushner, but he came off as so articulate and knowledgeable. It was actually shocking to see him discuss so many issues so eloquently and articulately with Lex Friedman. Well, I checked out the interview and tell me if this is interesting or useful to you. We're going to go through this because when you look through these segments, these are segments during which Kushner is supposedly demonstrating his expertise. If you really think through what he says, you realize he's lying. He's just making things up. The expertise and the success of the record that he touts and all of this, it's just made up. So this is just one segment. I think the interview with several hours. Here's one segment where Lex Friedman and Jared Kushner talked about um, Biden versus Trump when it comes to the Middle East. That was the topic. Tell me if this is useful. OK, we're going to start going through this and, and I'll tell you the areas in which Kushner. It sounds great, right? Super slick. It just so happens he's lying about everything. Let's take a listen. What has um, the current administration, the Biden administration done different than the Trump administration, as you understand, uh, that may have contributed to the events we saw this week? So. All I can talk about are, are where we left them, right? We left them a place where they had tremendous momentum in the Middle East. Uh, I met with them during the transition and said, you know, look, you know, we, we even got the, um, the Qatar uh, Saudi conflict done, which. OK, let's stop right there. We got the Qatar Saudi conflict done. That's he just mentions it. And Lex Friedman nods. And by the way, I'm not criticizing Lex, Lex Friedman. It's really hard to deal with people who just tell 10 lies a minute. It's genuinely difficult, especially when they lie this con confidently. Here's just an example. OK, Jared Kushner says we got the Qatar Saudi conflict done in January of 2021. Right before Trump left office, the blockade against Qatar was lifted after the Gulf Cooperation Council summit resulted in sort of a reconciliation agreement. It was known as the Al Ula Declaration. Now, Jared Kushner claimed a role in facilitating that resolution. The problems are we don't know whether he had a role and it's really not that big of a deal. So here's the reality. It was a partial resolution of a very long time conflict. The US was one of many parties involved in mediating. There were a ton of other countries involved. There's no evidence one way or the other that Jared Kushner actually had anything to do with it. It was a partial resolution of a conflict which maybe Jared was partially involved in, but we don't actually have evidence. So it, he presents it as, hey, we got Qatar Saudi conflict done. Did you? And was the conflict even resolved? Both answers appear to be uh, probably not. Let's continue. Was a big uh, no peace between Israel and Saudi would have been possible without that. So we even got that done. OK, no peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia would have been possible. And we even got that done. That's just made up. There is no peace deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia. The Abraham Accords included some normalization of relations, which is something Saudi Arabia had been interested in since long before Donald Trump was president, because Prince Mohammed bin Salman recognizes that that would be a good thing for business and financially. Um, Jared Kushner is just making stuff up. It's, it's just it's completely fabricated. No official deal was made. No peace deal was made. There was just a minor normalization of relations that Saudi Arabia was interested in. And Jared Kushner goes, we got Israeli Saudi peace done. What on earth are you talking about? He's just making stuff up.
in, in our lame duck period. And, um, and they came in and they said, look, we want to focus on the three C's, which is COVID, climate change, and China. And I said, that's, that's great. But, you know, the Middle East, we have an amazing place right now. Uh, it's stable. There's momentum. Uh, Iran is, is basically broke. Uh, we put uh, such crippling sanctions on Iran that they went from about, I think it was 2.6 million barrels a day of oil they were selling uh, to, um, to about 100,000 under Trump. Okay. So he says the situation in the Middle East was stable and Iran was broke. First of all, remember that during the Trump administration, they didn't say that the situation in the Middle East was stable, particularly as it related to Iran. In fact, during the Trump administration, they were insisting, hey, Iran is out of control. Iran is belligerently resuming their nuclear weapons development program, which, of course, why were they doing that? Because Trump canceled the Iran nuclear deal just because he didn't like it, even though Iran was abiding by the deal. Now, suddenly it's everything was stable. He says Iran was broke. Is there a kernel of truth to Iran having economic problems? Yeah, Iran was very much not broke. Vast resources, a better economy than many of the countries in the region, engaged in regional and international political and military activity, investing in their strategic roles and proxies in the region. So. Iran, everything was stable and Iran was broke. Again, none of it is true. Everything he's saying is a lie. So their their foreign foreign currency reserves were basically depleted and they were broke. Uh, same with the Palestinians. We stopped the funding to uh, to 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 the to, to UNRWA, the UN agency, which is totally corrupt. It's it's you know we've put ten billion dollars in there over time. I did a poll um, in the Middle East in uh, Gaza to say, okay, we've invested ten billion dollars here as a country. Are we popular? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the U.S. had a seven percent approval rating. USAID had a 70 percent approval rating, but it just felt like a waste of our taxpayer dollars. And again, we wanted to make it conditions based. The Biden administration came in. Uh, number one, uh, they, they, they started insulting uh, you know, Saudi and Russia. Oil prices went up at the same time. Okay. Biden insulted Saudi and Russia. And so oil prices went up. I mean, this is just an absurd. It's ridiculous on its face. It's just a how do you even debunk that? It's just markets as complicated as oil markets were affected because Biden insulted someone. Time. What they did was they stopped uh, domestic production uh, of oil. Uh, they made it. They disincentivized uh, a lot. Okay. of. So there's another lie. Biden stopped domestic production of oil. That is a lie. You can find this information freely. It's public information. Domestic oil production is expected to set a new record this year, 2023, under Joe Biden. It's a, they repeat it. Trump says it. Jared Kushner says it. Biden decreased domestic oil production. It's going up. It's going up. Oil and shale uh, uh, production uh, with regulations. They, they stopped pipelines. Oil prices went up. Um, they stopped enforcing the sanctions against Iran, probably to get the oil prices lower to make up for uh, what they were doing. They ran to Iran to try. All right. So, I mean, listen, it's true that Joe Biden put in place a temporary pause on new oil and gas leasing in federal territories while the leasing program was reviewed. That's a lot of ifs, ands and buts. But the pause did not impact existing leases on private lands, which are a significant portion of oil production and oil production went up. So listen, this was like what a, a two hour interview, a 90 minute interview. We just looked at two minutes from a nine minute segment about the Middle East. 
the entire interview was like this. So how do we fight this? How do we fight such clever propaganda where they send Kushner out, who's articulate, well-spoken and confident? And people are impressed, except if you actually fact check each thing he says, you realize that it's lies all the way down. He seems smart and like he was successful while working for Trump's White House because he's making almost all of it up. Let me know if this is useful to you. Um, glad to do more of it, not with this interview, but with other interviews uh, if people want. Things are really not going well for lying Republican indicted Congressman George Santos. George Santos is reportedly down to his last twenty three thousand dollars and is now refunding donors more money than he is raising. This is unbelievable stuff. Politico reports George Santos is refunding more money than he is raising. That's based on the last quarter calling into question his ability to run for reelection next year. We've been saying, could this guy possibly win reelection or is he going to be defeated? There's a question as to whether he even can run because his fundraising last quarter was negative. His campaign also disclosed debt from last year that was not properly reported at the time. Santos campaign refunded more than thirty five thousand dollars to donors between July and September while taking in only seventeen hundred dollars in new donations, according to his latest report. They also spent more than forty two thousand dollars over the period, twenty thousand of which was legal expenses. This leaves him with just twenty three thousand dollars in his campaign account. The filing also disclosed more than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars owed to vendors seemingly dating all the way back to twenty twenty two for election night catering and a mail fundraising program. He's obviously under indictment. He is going to continue to struggle to raise money. He may end up, quite frankly, in prison before this is all said and done. I think that this is all great. Oh, David, it's mean to wish bad things to happen to people. I'm not wishing for anything. This guy lied about his entire backstory to get elected. He has no business being in Congress. It is correct that people would, number one, not give him any money and number two, demand their money back if they did give him money. Both are completely reasonable. It has nothing to do with anything I would wish upon anybody. He has been charged with very serious crimes. All sorts of new crimes were recently added in a superseding indictment. Even some Republicans are now starting to turn on him. So we actually have a number of paths to the total removal and humiliation of George Santos, and I would accept all of them. One would be Republicans decide to expel him from the House of Representatives. Fine, do it. They should. Number two, he isn't able to run for reelection because he quite literally doesn't have any money. That'd be fine. Number three, he makes it to November 2024 Election Day, but he loses and loses badly. I'm absolutely fine with that. And number four, he ends up in prison and uh, I guess probably would end up resigning in that case, although who, who the hell knows? Uh, any of those outcomes would be absolutely fine with me. Radical and repugnant Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's problems are continuing. Remember when Lauren Boebert was involved in public sex acts at a performance of Beetlejuice with some dude she was dating who she said she is no longer seeing? It turns out that Lauren Boebert spent campaign funds at the bar where drag shows are done, owned by that very dude. I know this might be complicated, but maybe it's not. 
Politico reports Bobert spent campaign cash at Beetlejuice Boyfriend's Bar. The place is called Hooch and it hosts drag shows. This was before she was thrown out of the theater during the Beetlejuice performance. The Colorado Congresswoman's campaign spent over $300 at Hooch Craft Cocktail Bar in Aspen, Colorado, according to her campaign finance filings. That is the bar co-owned by Quinn Gallagher. Quinn Gallagher is the guy who Lauren Boebert fondled in public at the infamous Beetlejuice performance from which she was thrown out. Now, remember, what's the interesting part here? There are two layers to this. I don't care about drag shows personally, but Lauren Boebert has done the I'm with the moral majority game. We are the moral people, so on and so forth for a long time now. And one of the targets is drag shows. Drag shows are bad. Drag shows are evil. You can't expose kids to them. I would you know that these people that support drag shows are bad people. Well, she dated a guy whose bar ran drag shows. But just as importantly, she funded the bar that runs drag shows to the tune of more than three hundred dollars. But it's actually her donors who did it. She used the campaign money. What's brilliant about this is that she has support from people who hate drag shows. And then she spent some of the donations from those people who hate drag shows at a bar that does drag shows, which are supposedly bad. So my general perspective on this is this is standard MAGA Trumpism, completely unfazed by blatant hypocrisy and inconsistency. They wallow in this cesspool of hypocrisy and double standards. She probably never even really believed the anti drag stuff that she said, because honestly, it's so stupid to be against drag shows that some of these Republicans who claim to be against them must really not give a damn one way or the other. And at the end of the day, she's a liar, just like the vast majority of these people are liars. So are donors now going to want their money back? Is this going to be a bigger problem? I don't know. The big story is the hypocrisy and the dishonesty and the reminder that Republicans don't care about double standards anymore. Consistency only matters to them when it's Democrats, but when it's them, it doesn't make a difference. I'm on camera every day, so I do what I can to control my out of control hair. Many of you have seen what it looks like uh, without any product, and it's a very, very ugly situation, as you know. One of our sponsors today is Fix Your Lid. They make super quality hair products for men. They've got the gels, the pomades, the fibers, forming creams. Fix Your Lid has everything you need to keep your hair under control so you can look your best. Fix Your Lid is carried in a ton of barber shops across the country because it's a product that professionals trust. I've always had amazing results with the Fix Your Lid fiber product. When the company was founded, they had two guiding principles. The first is be 100% made in the USA. That includes not just manufacturing, but all of the ingredients as well. Second was to sell barbershop quality products at a reasonable price without animal cruelty. Since their founding, Fix Your Lid is proud to say they have never wavered in those principles, even when supply chains were at their worst. You will get 25% off when you go to fixyourlid.com and use the code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes.
All right. So this is hugely exciting. I actually have something nice to talk about later in the show. I'm going to tell you about something that's actually terrible, but let's not do it. Let's keep things positive for now. Based on the success of my first children's book, Think Like a Detective, we have done another children's book and it was released yesterday. And this is just so exciting. We I've been talking about the the lack of teaching kids critical thinking skills in the United States for a very long time. And I decided to do something about it. So we wrote this book, Think Like a Detective. It's part of the Adventures in Thinking series. And my thought was, listen, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I did everything wrong and wrote a book. And if we sell 500 copies, it would be a major success. We've sold over 13,500 copies of this book, parents buying it for their kids, teachers buying it for classrooms, folks donating to local libraries, et cetera, available in paperback, in Kindle, in English and in Spanish. Just unbelievable. So we've turned this into a series and I have here the latest book in the series which is think like a scientist. Think like a scientist is book two in the adventures in thinking series follows a different character instead of critical thinking. This one teaches kids the basics of the scientific method in a way that is entertaining and clear and simple. This book is now available in paperback and in Kindle. We let people on our mailing list know about it. People have already started buying it. They're up in arms. It's crazy. They're considering just, you know, I don't know what they're considering doing with the book, but hopefully all uh, positive things. Uh, and it is now available at davidpackmancom slash book. So get the new book, get the old book, get both of them. They're both great. I think the illustrations are even better in the new book. I think the storyline is uh, uh, equally compelling, but I'm getting a little bit better at doing this. We incorporated a bunch of the feedback from the first book, including the idea that maybe Maybe in the second book, the character won't be a white kid. And so we we've done that. It's a different story. It's representative in different ways. So davidpackmancom slash book. Remember, reviews are the most important thing to get this going. We have almost a thousand reviews on the first book. Make sure to review the second book. If you don't want to buy off of Amazon, you can also get the books on Barnes and Noble in both digital and paperback form. Just search my name when you go to Barnes and Noble. But davidpackmancom slash book will get you to the Amazon listings. Uh, the delivery is fastest uh, in, in that way. And to be honest, 96 percent of the market is on Amazon. So the success of the book really hinges on that. My goal would be to get enough reviews and sales in these first 24 hours to once again get the book uh, to be the number one uh, book in the category for children's books. We did it with the first book. I think we can do it with the second book. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Remember, we we pay a designer. We're paying for all the different components of the book. I think this is so worth it. And if we can get out there even just 20 percent of the number of copies that we did with the first book, uh, it will be a success and that would put us close to 20,000 copies of children's books sold for the year. So there it is. Think like a scientist. Here's my copy, which my daughter loves. She just likes the illustrations. As many of you know, she obviously can't read yet. She's not even two. But uh, this copy will go back to her. She destroys a lot of books, I also will admit. So I'll probably stock up on a few copies. Uh, Davidpackman.com slash book will give you updates about it uh, later on. Last week, I played a clip for you of Hillary Clinton saying that the Trump cult must be deprogrammed. 
and MAGA people went absolutely crazy with fury. Um, even some on the left thought that Hillary's comments weren't useful. You know, I'm a little bit beyond useful. Hillary Clinton has every right to call these people out for what they are. And I don't believe that Hillary saying they need to be deprogrammed is going to lose the election for Democrats. I just don't believe that. So I think it's fine what Hillary said, but most importantly, it's accurate. I'm going to play a clip for you here from Washington, Michigan. This was some event Trump did uh, recently. And um, I just want you to this. This is 90 seconds of pure, pristine, unfettered cult delusions. If not a deprogramming, what do these people need? And for those who are saying, well, they need medication, they need antipsychotics or whatever the case may be. We have a lot of psychiatrists in the audience here. My dad is a psychiatrist. It is not at all obvious that medication is what these folks need, but rather they need to be saved from their cult. Take a listen to this. The election, I believe, was stolen. OK, remember, the election was not stolen. She says, I believe it. Supposedly, facts don't care about your feelings, but she believes it was stolen. It wasn't. But we know that Space Force has it all. Trump has all the all the information. OK, Space Force and Trump have the information about the theft of the election. There is no such information because the election wasn't stolen. We're 10 seconds in, folks. OK, 10 seconds in. This is dangerous. It's going to be overturned. What do you think? It is not going to be overturned. It is almost time for the next election. It is not going to be overturned. Space Force has. Space Force is a military branch of the, you know, just like the army, the, you know. OK, that's true. I have to admit she's right about that. The military. And they literally walk up here. They literally the night of the election, they literally mm. watch the election be stolen. They know they watermarked the ballots. Space Force watermarked the ballots. That is not true. They know exactly what happened with every ballot. They know what fake ballots. All right. They saw they knew the election switches. They know what countries were involved. They know they followed the money. There were no countries involved and there is no money to follow for the theft of the election because the election, of course, was not stolen. They know what every politician that's been paid off. They know there's um, there was no politicians have been paid off that we have seen any evidence of 260,000, 269,000 uh, sealed indictments. But I think it might even be up to 500,000 sealed. There are not 500,000 sealed indictments for people who participated in the fraud indictments. And I believe that we're going to have an emergency broadcast and the military is going to come in with martial law. The military is not going to come in with martial law. And we are going to be shown eight hours on eight hours off of videos for seven days, the world. And they're going to be showing us taped uh, tribunals tape confessions and the world is going to be awakened to what's really going on. None of that is going to happen. So, I mean, you just heard 90 seconds of these insane, delusional, clearly factually wrong claims from this woman. Do you think that just having a chat with someone like that is going to disabuse them of these completely false notions? Do you think that giving them a pill is going to disabuse? I, I mean, listen, 
the the world of psychiatric medication has made dramatic advancements, but that does not seem to me and the psychiatrists I've spoken to don't think that if you give this woman uh, an SSRI or antipsychotic medication, sometimes anti seizure medications are used. There's not a pill that's going to fix this. So what is needed is talk therapy going to do it. I, it really must be thought of through the lens of a cult deprogramming. And that's a scary thing to understand, because think about what we are going to have in November of 2024. It's not we are all going to choose the next president, right? I'm voting in New York. My vote is not going to make a damn difference. The people that are going to choose the next president are a few hundred thousand people in four or five critical swing states. Folks like this are going to choose the next president. And so we need a cult deprogramming, but mostly we need to remember staying home is not a good option. Every single one of us who thinks that woman voting is dangerous because of who she would pick needs to make sure that we're voting to cancel out the votes of people like that. Hillary Clinton was right. We do need a cult deprogramming, but we also need to make sure we vote. We are constantly seeing data breaches in the news. It never ends. Verizon had a breach this year, exposing millions of users data. T-Mobile had two big breaches this year, exposing the personal data of 37 million people. It's a disaster. These companies have a record of everything you do online. And after these breaches, almost anyone can access your data. The real solution is don't let the company see what you're doing in the first place. And that's why I use private Internet access keeps my data hidden from my Internet service providers, from hackers, from others. I can use it on all of my devices with one account. Most VPNs log your Internet activity. Private Internet access is the only VPN to prove multiple times in court that they don't. This makes them unique, works with all major streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon to access content not normally available in your country. Private Internet access is giving my audience a huge 83 percent discount. You can subscribe for two oh three a month and get four extra months for free. Go to PIAVPN.com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. Well, it pains me to say this. This is no April Fool's joke. This is not a game. This is very real. Our YouTube channel, as we approach two million subscribers, is now just one strike away from being completely shut down, period, and us getting kicked off of YouTube. What? Let me explain what's going on. Um, We cover debates of all kinds. I believe that covering debates is a public service. I believe that when we cover debates hosted by other channels, we are covering them uh, under fair use, meaning that we are adding commentary. They are educational in nature. We are transforming the content by adding our views and those of the audience. But Fox News doesn't feel that way. And Fox News now has us one copyright strike away from the end of the YouTube channel. Last week, I told you that Fox News hit us with one copyright strike over the coverage of one of their president uh, Republican primary debates. We then um, took down the videos of the other debate that we covered to try to protect ourselves. But needless to say, as we are now putting up on the screen, 
Fox News has now hit us with multiple additional copyright strikes, uh, one strike, multiple videos for that other debate. We now have two out of the maximum three allowed copyright strikes. And if we get one more, the channel will be shut down. And at that point, I genuinely don't know what happens. I don't know that it's a good idea to email the person at Fox News in charge of copyright strikes. It might be counterproductive. It might anger them. I, so I'm not even suggesting that we do that. This has never happened to us in the 14 year history of the channel. We have never had two strikes at the same time and been one strike away from cancellation. I contacted YouTube and they said, this is what it is. You can counter the claim and say, hey, this was fair use. Uh, Fox News may disagree and they may sue you and take you to court, at which point you need a lawyer. They are coming after our live streaming. They are coming after so many of our features that are now in jeopardy. Now, I'm fighting it as much as I can. But to some degree, we are limited in what we can do. Fox News has expensive lawyers, right? The people that get brought in when Tucker Carlson says things that get them sued or when they rebroadcast lies about the election being stolen and they get sued. Those are the lawyers Fox News has. That's we don't have that. We don't have any lawyers, quite frankly. I hope that we don't end up needing lawyers. It's not 100 percent clear. If we do, it's going to be very expensive. So we probably can't live stream until at least one of these strikes is resolved. If that happens, because we can't risk that third strike would just take us out. That's it. Two million subscribers almost. Where are we at exactly? One point nine four million. And we could lose the entire channel. So the only things I can think of and this is I mean, this is big corporate media, quite literally silencing independent progressive media. It's not an amorphous, ethereal thing out in the ether somewhere. They're doing it to us. They're doing it to us. So please subscribe to the channel. That's free. And my instinct is the bigger the channel is the more noise we can get YouTube to make if they do get hit us with one more strike and shut us down. So it costs nothing to subscribe on YouTube. We know there's more than five million people out there who watch the clips but don't subscribe. Consider just hitting the subscribe button. It costs nothing. And indeed, if we do lose the channel or get sued by Fox and then need to go to court, Either way, it's going to be destructive to our revenue sources. So I would love it if you grabbed a membership on my website. It's really cheap. We set up this code F Fox. I think people know what that means. F Fox. So it's like Fox with two F's at the beginning. You go to joinpacman.com, you hit the sign up button, and pay full price or not doesn't make a difference. But those are the two things I can think of that you could do to help. One strike away. Can, Think of the insanity. We are approaching a milestone of subscribers reached only by two other independent progressive channels, TYT and Brian Tyler Cohen, about to join some incredible company. And at the same time, we may not make it if we get another strike and get completely shut down. We're doing everything we can think of. Hopefully it won't get to lawyers, but uh, please do please do hit that subscribe button. Uh, and consider getting a membership at joinpacman.com. Coupon code is FFOX. Uh, a visibly confused Donald Trump's brain glitched very, very, very badly 
where Trump read off of his teleprompter, which he supposedly doesn't use. Remember, Obama was bad for using a teleprompter. Trump read off of his teleprompter that Republicans eat their young. Now, what was actually on the teleprompter is that Republicans eat their own. The context was the speakership and Republicans going after each other and so on and so forth. Here is Trump visibly confused and saying Republicans eat their young, which is, you know, with all of their supposed pro-life anti-abortion views, it's a strange thing to put on his prompter. But remember, Republicans eat their young. They really do. They eat their young. Terrible statement, but it's true. (laughs) It's a terrible thing to say, but it is true that they are out there eating babies. I thought it was Killary who ate the babies or something along those lines. Anyway, this is part of this broader deranged rant in which Trump bemoans that there are some Republicans like William Barr and Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan who were conspiring to hurt Trump and nobody's loyal and so on and so forth. Take a listen to this. They are losing by 57 to 70 points are getting together with Rhino Paul Ryan, Mitt the loser Romney, Bill no guts or no talent bar and some broken political investors that will soon come to me, as most others already have. These failed candidates should have started by campaigning effectively, which they didn't because they really don't have the skill or the talent to do so. Romney, who today couldn't get elected dog catcher in the great state of Utah. Like a dog. Should have beaten an absolutely failed first term Obama. Should have beaten him very easily. If he and Rhino Paul fought as hard against Obama, as they do against President Donald J. Trump, they would never have lost. They would have beaten Obama. But remember, Republicans eat their young. They really do. They eat (laughs) their young. Terrible statement, but it's true. And that's the problem with so many in our party. They just don't have the loyalty and the strength to stick together. They go after people who are on their side rather than the radical left Democrats that are destroying our country. These people are losers. And the Republican nation must stop following their failed ideas and policies. Yeah. Uh, So Republicans, as far as I knew, were not eating their young. But there does seem to be a schism growing within the Republican Party. I, I did not cover the speaker's race today because it's still not totally clear what it is that is going to happen necessarily. Uh, But it seems increasingly as though Republicans are not united. And on the bonus show, we are going to talk about how Hakeem Jeffries, Democratic uh, congressman, is talking now about what they're calling a bipartisan speakership, what he means we will discuss. So Trump visibly confused, struggling to read off of the very prompter that he said Obama was bad for using, but correctly assessing there is discontent within the Republican Party. My interest in that discontent is the Republican Party functioning so poorly or not at all as a party that they can't obstruct some of the obviously good things that Democrats want to do and that they can't impose their own disastrous and uh, contrived will on the American people. We will see where this goes once a speaker is selected. And I can only imagine that as the primary gets going and Trump continues to be beleaguered by these multiple trials and problems, yet still having the majority of the support of the Republican electorate, that it is going to create a schism that is maybe even more notable. As far as the polling goes, this isn't like a big polling update, but I did want to let you know. Trump continues to be polling at the absolute top of where he's been this entire primary. Trump polling above 58% in the Republican primary. This means of all the Republican electorate, 
fifty eight percent support Trump and the other forty two percent are divided up among all the other candidates. DeSantis is now below 13. That's really not going well. Nikki Haley is in third place. Vivek Ramaswamy in fourth. Nobody else is even above four. You got Pence, you got Christie, whose campaign seems dead. It's an insane situation that is almost certainly going to lead to Donald Trump as the next Republican nominee. Whether he can continue campaigning in the middle of four criminal trials next year certainly remains to be seen. We have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. Here's a funny question. Is Ron DeSantis a hypocrite because he's against drag shows, but he wears high heels? I like this one. Listen to this. Now, do you think that, like, ooh, Ron DeSantis using those little boots with the, with the heel in them to make them look taller? Do you think that's a bad look for him in the anti drag? Is that hypocrisy for him? <laughs> like, what's your show on that? Yeah. So I, I love this. On the one hand, he's against drag shows and drag queens. But on the other hand, Ron DeSantis is walking around in high heels. Obviously, this is tongue in cheek, but I still love it. DeSantis, I guess, wants to look taller. So he seems to have cowboy boots that have an external heel. And based on the very strange posture that DeSantis adopts when on on debate stages, they seem to have a hidden internal heel as well. So, so you're sort of like really up. Uh, uh, your, your heel is just pushed up dramatically. Um, listen, quite frankly, I don't care what the guy wears. His ideas are terrible, but it also so shows his insecurity around image. He's a t totally uncharismatic guy, looks physically in pain often when he's uh, forced to be around just random people at a diner or in a bar or whatever else. I do think it's hypocritical for him to wear the high heels and be against drag shows. But the good thing for DeSantis is that Republicans have long stopped caring about inconsistency and double standards. So we don't really have to worry too, too much about that. He, he's going to be fine on the bonus show today. We are going to talk about the bipartisan speakership solution that Hakeem Jeffries is talking about. What is it? What would it look like? What would it mean? Number two, Senator Lindsey Graham is warning Iran. If you escalate the war, we are coming for you. What might Iran do? What might the US do? We will discuss. And number three, we will talk about something going on in my birth country of Argentina. There's this far right libertarian who seems completely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when you listen to him talk. His name is Javier Millet, who is rising and is one of the candidates in uh, next weekend's this coming weekend's Argentinian presidential election. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on, and it's really quite a wild model potentially for future far right libertarians in the US and elsewhere. All of those stories and more on today's bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com, get instant access, and remember that you can use the code FFOX to save 50% off of the cost of a membership. That's Fox with two Fs at joinpacman.com. We'll see you then.